right, everybody, I want to welcome you to our TNT devotional on this Thursday morning. My name is Tim, and my chair just lowered. <laughs> Hopefully that didn't ruin our camera shot. Uh, but uh, glad, glad that you're with us this morning. It's been a while since I've done this. Hopefully I haven't forgotten uh, how to do this. But uh, this is a busy week for everybody at church because this is um, Easter week, Easter Actually, our Easter services begin tonight at all of our campuses, Thursday night. And uh, then we have uh, services at some of the campuses on Saturday, and then we have services all Sunday morning. And, and uh, so lots and lots going on, lots of people busy. And I mean, it's fairly early here at church, and there's already people buzzing around, getting things ready. There's Ricky out there working right now. And um, so anyway, gl glad that you're with us. And, and uh, uh, one more note here. I'm not done with my sermon yet. I'm, I'm real close, but uh, stayed up till after 10 o'clock last night working on it and, and got it really, really close. And so I'm going to put the finishing touches on it here in just a little bit. But in my devotional time this morning, I was just thinking through the week of... Um, of uh, Jesus's last week here on the earth before he went to the cross. And I don't know if you've ever um, jumped into this. In fact, if you want to grab a Bible, if you don't have one right now and you want to grab one, you just kind of want to follow along with me. I'm going to be in the book of John. And um, uh, let's just uh, say go, go to chapter 12 for the moment. And then I'll tell you exactly where I'm going to read. Now my chair came back up again. What is it with this chair? Man? <laughs> I have a moving chair. It's kind of freaky. Uh, let's see here. Um, the, the, the last week before Jesus's crucifixion. So I'm going to just start talking six days out um, before the Passover. That is six days out. So that would be on the Sabbath day before how do I say this? A week and one day before the resurrection. Okay, so the Saturday um, before the Sunday, and then another week till Jesus's resurrection. So uh, this is in chapter 12. And it says, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Um, here, a dinner was given in Jesus's honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So, real quick, Bethany is just beyond. Uh, the, the Mount of Olives. If, if you if you have seen the picture of Jerusalem, then then when you're looking down and you're seeing the Temple Mount and you're seeing the Gold Dome, you're actually looking from the Mount of Olives. Well, if you go over the Mount of Olives just a, a little ways, you're going to get to what is Bethany. So Jesus was at Bethany on that uh, on that Sabbath uh, before the Passover week, and and uh, where his good friends were. So while he was there, it says in verse uh, 3 of chapter 12, Mary took about a pint of pure nard, expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And here's why I wanted to touch on this, because this all goes together. This is, um, you know, all the prophecies were being fulfilled. Um, this... What people did in these instances was uh, something that was uh, calculated into the plan by our sovereign God. And it says here in verse 4, But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, 
who would later betray Jesus, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. And I just want you to, to, to see this. This is on Saturday, um, on, on, on Thursday night then, the, the next Thursday, Jesus would be eating with his disciples and, and in the upper room. And he would announce that one of the disciples is going to betray him. And then he dips the bread into the cup and gives it to Judas and says, what thou doest, do us quickly. And Judas goes out of the room and sets up the deal with the religious leaders for 30 pieces of silver to um, betray Jesus. And, um, and, and then Jesus was arrested later that evening on that Thursday night. So um, here, here, here's the deal. If you put this together, you see that... Um, Judas right here was upset because money was used for Jesus, okay? One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected on the perfume being used for Jesus. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor is worth a year's wages? He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. So you can see his motives here, even though he's trying to act like he cares about the poor. Uh, he wanted more money to carry around than the money bag so that he could help himself, which then kind of led to him. And this is kind of the thing that feels like it put him over the edge. And then he went on to betray Jesus. Jesus said, verse 7, leave her alone. It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial for the day of my burial you will always have the poor among you but you will not always have me so here we are on saturday uh the saturday before holy week and then on sunday uh, of course is uh, palm sunday jesus comes into uh, jerusalem they they receive him as a king there's um, palm branches in, in the streets as people are laying down robes and palm branches for the donkey that he is riding to uh, walk on they're shouting hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord blessed is the king of israel um so anyway big big day on on monday or on sunday and then just another one of these things that uh fits into the uh, equation of what our sovereign God is using um, to expedite what's going to happen to Jesus and the sacrifice that he's going to make is on, on Monday, Jesus clears the temple. On Monday, Jesus clears the temple, which made the religious leaders so upset. It really, really put them over the edge, even though if you go back to chapter 11, uh, let's see, verse 55, I'm, I'm still in John, chapter 11, verse 55. When it was almost time for the Passover, many went up to Jerusalem from the country, uh, uh, to, from the country to Jerusalem for the ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, uh, what do you think, is he coming to the festival? But the chief priests and the Pharisees had given the orders that anyone who found out where Jesus would, should, was should report it so that they might arrest him. So... <clears throat> That's before uh, Jesus gets to Bethany, and they're already looking for a reason to arrest him. Um, Saturday, he's anointed at the home of Mary, Martha, and, and uh, Lazarus. Um, Judas gets upset. Uh, so, so Judas is upset enough to perhaps betray him now. Uh, Monday comes along. Um, he clears the temple. He clears the temple. If you want to read about that, it's over in Luke chapter 14 and uh, verse 40, 
verse 46, it says, uh, you, you've, uh, my house is to be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. And so now the religious leaders are really upset at him on that Monday and looking for a way to kill him, which is going to work right in with what Judas already has in mind. And then Tuesday, uh, Jesus goes from Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives. Wednesday, we don't have any record in the scriptures of exactly what he did. We just assumed that it was a day of preparation for the meal that they were going to eat together, the Passover meal that the disciples and he were going to eat together on Thursday. On Thursday, we find him um, in the upper room um, with the disciples. And I'll talk more about that in just a second. Uh, Friday is when he was crucified. Um, Saturday is, is, is the Sabbath. And so everything's pretty quiet on, on Saturday. But then on Sunday morning, he did what he did, man. He rose up again. So what I want you to do now is I want you to uh, just kind of imagine with me a little bit that Thursday evening, Thursday evening, you've got Jesus and his disciples together. Jesus told them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. And so they're eating the Passover meal, which is a little bit unusual. Uh, most people are going to partake in that exact festival meal the, the next day. But here they are on a, on a, or actually on the Sabbath, but here they are on a Thursday night uh, eating this meal because Jesus was going to be unavailable uh, on the Sabbath to eat this meal. So he's eating this meal with them. Um, you can see I'm in chapter 13 now. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, chapter 13, uh, Jesus says to uh, Judas, what you're about to do, do quickly. Uh, I'm talking about him betraying him. He dips the piece of bread in the dish, give, gives it to Judas. What you about to do, do it quickly. No one at the mill understood. This is verse 28. No one at the mill understood why Jesus said this to Judas. Since Judas had charge of the money, that some thought that Jesus was telling him to go buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Jesus had, Judas had taken the bread, he went out. It was night. And then, uh, then when he was gone. So he, he leaves and Jesus starts to then speak to his disciples. So here, here we are still at this point. Uh, in the upper room. We're in the upper room, which uh, again, if you're looking at Jerusalem, like, like you're there, you're looking this way at Jerusalem and you're seeing the Temple Mount. So you're looking from the, the Mount of Olives down through the Kidron Valley up to the Temple Mount. And then there's kind of a, a rise in elevation behind the Temple Mount. Upper room is said to have been up here. So here's where they are. And then uh, Jesus speaks to his disciples there. At chapter 14, some of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. It says, uh, Jesus says to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place I'm going. And Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And I love this. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except, except through me. And, um, and then Jesus goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit and about how he's leaving, but the Holy Spirit is going to come uh, and be their constant companion and kind of uh, 
uh, do for them what uh, Jesus had been doing by giving him their presence all this time. <clears throat> and that teaching goes on uh, through the end of chapter 14, some great, great passages of Scripture. In fact, sometimes you'll hear a passage of Scripture. I'll just give you one example here. Let's see. Some great passages of Scripture that people don't, that don't realize uh, that are in this teaching in this very intimate moment uh, with the disciples. Uh, that one, for instance, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Um, he goes on to say, um, whoever, my, who has, whoever has my commands and keeps him is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Um, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Uh, I'm going away and I'm coming back for you. Uh, I am the vine and uh, my father's the gardener. Uh, wait a minute, stop right there. End of chapter 14, beginning of chapter 15. So uh, chapter 14, they're in the upper room. Jesus is doing this amazing teaching. Chapter 15 now, John, <clears throat> just trying to, trying to get you to see, to, to hopefully see in your mind's eye the, the location of these things and realize the intimacy that Jesus is uh, in speaking to his beloved disciples. This is not a big crowd speech. This is not the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so that's chapter 14. And then at the very last verse, if you're looking at your Bible, very last verse of chapter 14, he says what? He says, come now, let us leave. So they were in the upper room. I suppose that they got up in that moment and left, though the Bible does not say that in John chapter 14. It doesn't say at the beginning of chapter 15 either. It just continues with his teaching. So maybe we can kind of assume, and maybe this is incorrect. I don't know. We'll figure it out someday. But that they're walking now. And uh, remember, if you're looking at the city of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, you're looking down Valley of Kidron, Temple Mount, and then a rise behind that where the uh, upper room was said to have been. Maybe now that they've left the upper room, they're going this direction and they're going down. They're going to circle around the side of the temple down to the Kidron Valley up to the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane. So sometime in here, though we don't know exactly when, they made this walk, and, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking that as they're walking along, that Jesus is still teaching, which just, I mean, I, I'm a visual guy, so I'm thinking, wow, you know, the disciples are, are walking together. They've had this Passover meal. They've, Jesus has instituted the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, the communion with these guys. It's been a beautiful evening, and now they're walking together. Uh, in the evening air and the disciples are crowding in as Jesus is teaching along the way. And some of his, in my opinion, some of his uh, most precious teaching, memorable teaching, he says, I am divine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown into the thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. And and he continues to teach like this all the way down to look at verse 17. He says, this is my command, love each other, love each other. He talks about the world is going to hate the disciples, and he's trying to get them ready. He's trying to get them ready. But as I have said over the past couple of weeks, and especially this past week, the disciples still are a little bit clueless because they don't know what is about to happen. They don't know that Jesus is about to be arrested. So they're, they're trying to figure this out, but they're, they're not really there but he's, t- he's warning them and he's saying the world's going to hate you and because it hates me and it's, uh, for some of you, it's not going to end well, and, but I'm going to be with you and then you're going to see me again and it's all going to be okay eventually. And then uh, chapter 16 starts getting into the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's see, uh, chapter, we're, we're still moving here, chapter 17, chapter 17, he begins to pray. And it, you, you might assume that he's already in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying these big prayers at this point. But if you look here, uh, that's chapter 17. Look at chapter 18 in John. It says, when he had finished praying, Jesus left the disciples, left with the disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. And on the other side, there was a garden and the disciples went into it. His disciples went into it. So... Um, I don't know where this prayer took place, okay? I do know that he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you, if you look in uh, Luke chapter 22, um, it says that he prayed so earnestly, and there was, um, you know, he, he was, there was so much pressure on him that uh, the Bible says in Luke 22 that he sweat as great drops of blood, and so that he was feeling the pressure so that while he was praying. So that's Luke chapter 22 in the garden. But here we have a prayer that we cannot exactly pinpoint where it might have been. It may have been the garden of Gethsemane and the way it's just worded here kind of throws us off. But what I want to do, yes, I'm getting close to the end here. What I want to do is I just want to read his prayer. I just want to read his prayer. And because in this prayer, he, he, he prays for the disciples, and then he prays for everyone who's going to be reached because of the disciples, which would include you and I. So on this Thursday night, it's Thursday right now, on this Thursday evening, um, somewhere between the upper room And the garden, perhaps in the garden, Jesus prays and he prays for you and for me. And, um, you know, right before he's arrested, this is moments before he's arrested. And so I thought it would be good today to to hear directly from him and his words and just consider this uh, a prayer because that's exactly what it is. It says, after this, Jesus looked toward heaven and he prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. 
This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on the earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you've given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the, the one doomed to, to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. He's talking about Judas there. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world but that you would protect them from the evil one. For they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by, your, by the truth. Your word, your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you, and that's me. Think about that. Jesus, right before he's arrested, uh, right before his torture begins, he's praying for you. It's pretty awesome. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you, the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in, and, and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And uh, ver or chapter 18, when Jesus had finished praying uh, he left with his disciples, crossed the Kidron Valley. That's the valley just right uh, on the uh, eastern side of the temple. Uh, crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and, in the, and he and his disciples went into 
the garden. And uh, not long after that, uh, verse 2, basically, Judas shows up with his band of people to, um, to arrest Jesus. And so anyway, I, um, I don't know, man. I've been, um, I've really been doing a deep dive into what Jesus was going through, what he was feeling. As, as you know, if you've been with us in the series, seven, uh, those seven last statements from Jesus that um, we've really been just kind of on pause, just spending a lot of precious moments with our Savior. And, and even in this prayer that he prayed uh, somewhere along the way or perhaps in the Garden of Gethsemane, these exact words in the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that um, his heart, even though he was about to be arrested, even though he was about to be tortured, even though he was about to be killed on the cross, his prayer was still for us and because of his great love for us. And I just want you to know that uh, no matter what you're feeling like, no matter what you're going through, no matter the difficulties that you're having, perhaps in your life right now, um, you have a savior who really, really, really loves you. And all you have to do is look at the text, look at the scripture, look at these his word, which sanctifies us, Jesus said, and you're going to realize that, that uh, there is no greater love. There has been no greater love than the love of Almighty God through Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And for that, I am eternally grateful. And I hope you are too. And I hope that you know his love personally. And if you don't, I would encourage you to reach out to him today and ask him to be your Lord and to be your savior. And he loves you enough that he will do that today. And uh, so God bless you guys. Glad you're with us today. I hope that you can be with us this weekend sometime. Lots of services to choose from. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Um, you can find out the service times on our website, newhopechurch.tv. Um, just so you know, um, there are a couple of, of services that were on the website, taken off the website, put back on the website. That's our um, um, sunrise services where we have outdoor space at our 288 campus and at our Alvin campus. We're going to have sunrise services there at 7 a.m. And uh, we, we put it on and took it off the website because it was going to be weather dependent. But then we just made the decision, we'll just, if, if the weather doesn't cooperate, we'll just move it inside. So the, that 7 a.m. service is still on at the uh, Alvin campus and at the uh, 288 campus on Sunday morning and all the other services on. If you don't mind, be, be a sweetheart. Choose the service that's away from the 945 and the 1115 service because we're still social distancing in the auditoriums. And so we've cut our attendance down to about a third of what we could normally hold in the auditorium. So we just need to really spread the people out. And uh, that would... Uh, sure be appreciated if you could come at another time. Love you guys so much. Let me pray for you and then I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for this time that we could spend together. Thank you for your word, which sanctifies us and makes us uh, more like your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for Jesus and for what he did for us on the cross. I thank you for his sacrifice. I thank you for his willingness to do what he did because of his love and your love expressed through his life, his death, his burial and his resurrection. We are eternally grateful, God. And we pray this in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. And all the people said,
Amen. So glad you were with us today. I uh, hope you can be with us this weekend. God bless. See you next time. Love you so much. Bye-bye.